Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. I'm so, I'm, I'm so amazed at God's word. And I'll tell you a little bit of being amazed is Luke wrote the book of Acts. And very little about him, a lot about Peter and John. And I appreciate that, that there wasn't a competitive nature about, about him. Man, he would, I mean, he, he, he wrote of those guys like they were heroes. And I appreciate that. But Acts 5 and verse 12, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet... None of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Listen, people weren't hooking up with them, but they were, they, they were very interested in them. Okay, and here's why. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Man, people believing. Why? Because signs and wonders were done at the hands of the apostles. So that they brought the sick out to the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter might fall upon them, some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. Now listen, and they were all healed. Underline that, highlight that, they were all healed. Okay, the way God does anything is the way God does everything. God withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. Let me tell you, if you've got issues, if you've got an ailment in your life, you're probably sitting by somebody that's, that's a disciple. And being that disciple, listen, the, we, have a, we have a school of ministry. The reason is, is we want to make disciples who make disciples. And, the, and, and that, that flywheel starts turning, and I'm telling you, nothing the devil can do can stop it. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, and they were Sadducees. The Sadducee was somebody, Pharisees were people that were like Old, Old Testament, Old Covenant priests, okay? But Sadducees weren't about all that priesthood. All they cared about was the law, almost like present-day politicians. So these Sad, Sadducees, and they, they were filled with indignation, all right? They weren't happy about this at all. And laid their hands, they grabbed the apostles and they threw them in prison. In the general population, which, let me tell you, at that time was the worst place that you could be. If you're, if you're not ready to face opposition, and this is Peter and John. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to the Lord, you're not ready to be used by God. You've got to understand, with this life comes opposition, all right? When you follow Jesus, there will be opposition. And I don't think enough people know that. See, there's no yellow brick road that we're skipping down in the Bible. Man, your friends, your family, people around you, people you don't even know, people that have no opinion, people that don't know you are gonna judge you and be condemning of you. And you know what? You have to understand it goes with the territory, and let me just tell you, if there's not opposition in your life, do the math. You're probably not being obedient to what God's called you to do and who God's called you to be. What, what we're doing, what you're doing in this church 
is significant. Understand that, but you have to expect opposition. And the world is against you. And that's great news because God's for you. And the Bible says, if God be for you, who could be against you? The sheer translation of that is, if God be for you, what does it matter who's against you? They're not going to like what you're doing. They didn't like what Jesus did. They didn't like what Peter and John were doing. They threw them in, in prison. Okay, but then at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. And he said this, go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. The New, New Living Translation says, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. The message says, go, go to the temple and take your stand, telling the people everything about this life. Do you understand what comes with the, what comes with the obedience, what comes with the opposition is we have to take a stand. And let me tell you, taking a stand means we're not going to budge. I'm not giving an inch. I'm not going to blink. I'm not going to flinch. I'm not going to cower. See, the, devil, the devil's going to throw the kitchen sink, yet no weapon formed against you can prosper. The devil's going to try every single angle. The Bible says he's stalking you, seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't just want to, he just wanna, doesn't want to nibble at you. He doesn't want to just mess with you. He wants to devour you, but you've got to open the door for him to be able to do that. And what keeps that door shut? Obedience. It's real simple. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. See, there's so much of this life being obedient to God that we're thinking we're sacrificing something. Let me tell you what we're sacrificing. I'm sacrificing my mediocre life for the most incredible life known to mankind, the God kind of life. That's what I'm sacrificing. Man, 1 Samuel 15, says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Man, it's simple obedience. But let me tell you what simple obedience becomes boldness. It really is. Anytime you look in the word, anytime someone gets filled with the Holy Spirit or comes into contact with the Holy Spirit, man, their rea the reaction of their life is boldness. But let me tell you, boldness is just simple obedience in the kingdom. Man, if I'm, obe if I'm obedient to God, if my aim is to please God and not man, if my aim is to observe every word that God said and call every man a liar, let me tell you, that's simple obedience. But what that translated to is boldness. And let me tell you, let, let me tell you, the world is anxiously awaiting the, the appearance of the sons of God, the boldness of men and women to stand up for the kingdom. Man, if we come with a soft, syrupy, sugary message, the world doesn't want it. Man, they could get that at the quick trip. No, you know what? They want somebody that's taking a stand, somebody that's living, listen, seeking first God's way of doing things and his righteousness. And then guess what? Prospering in life. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways, they'll die. See, I think there's too many people, there's too, many, there's too much leniency in our lives. Man, if I'm lenient about my life, I'm gonna die because I'm gonna be careless. But let me tell you, I wanna fulfill God's purpose in my life. 
You know, Wendy Treat speaking tonight at the women's at the women's event, and her husband Casey. Every time I talk to him, he's like, "Hey, man, stay married and stay at your church." You know, it's real simple. You know, you look at it that the world tries to make things so complex. And what the word does is it breaks things down to the simplest form that the smallest child can understand it. But what does the devil do? The devil tries to, when you start reading the word, the devil tries to tell you, you can't understand it. You don't understand that. Do you understand that's not God? See, I'm going to give you a a, a simple, I'm going to give you four points about obedience. Write them down. Number one. Obedience will bring opposition. There will be persecution. There will be opposition. It's like, what's going on? Man, I used to be so popular. Do you understand? I think there's people out there that despise me because I preach God's the healer every time, everybody, no matter what. People don't like that. I preach the sanctity of the local church. 121 times the word Ecclesia is used in the New Testament. 115 times it's directly a local group of people like guts. The other six times it's indirect. See, so you look at it, we could talk about the big C church and the global church where the bottom line is God's called us to be the church to care for one another. See, the church isn't here to give handouts. That's the government's job. The church is here to give hands up. See, that's why you're here. That's what ministry is. Man, we want to park every car. We want to seat every person. We want every one of your kids to get ice cream. Why? Because we just want to give you a hand up. There's better life. Man, if we could do whatever we could do to get you to love God, love the church, love leadership of the church. Because why? The, the, the world's going to question God. The world has contempt for the leadership of God's church. Man, if, if, if it were up to the media and up to the world, every preacher out there would be a, be, it'd just be shenanigans and they'd just be about fleecing people. There ain't anybody getting fleeced here, especially not God. See, we're here pleasing God. And let me tell you what that does. It builds disciples. It builds men. It builds women. Your life's getting stronger right now. You know why? The word's being preached. Because the word is alive and powerful and sharper than any weapon on the planet. Man, let me tell you. You know, the world, the the wars and rumors of wars and civil war is around, it seems like it's around every corner. It's been here spiritually for 2,000 years. All of our lives, we're at war. What's on my heart? I'll be real honest with with you. It's to build an army. It's to build a hundred-year church. Man, I saw saw my grandson trip this morning. He's six years old, I think. And I said, uh, I said, Trip, how you doing? I'm doing good. I said, man, you get to go to church. He said, I know. I said, don't you love church? He said, yeah, I love it. Like that, he's fired up. And we've got ice donuts back in the back room that he's got one in each hand. And <laughs> he, he gets ice cream afterwards. Just say, why do you give the kids ice cream? Man, I don't want to have kids. Have, we haven't even had lunch yet. I don't care about lunch. I care that your kid, kid loves God, the church, and me and Sandy. 
Because let me tell you, the world's going to try to get them to turn against the leadership of the church, the church generally. Oh, you don't need church. You can just do it at home. Can I call bull on that? No, for real. You get your self-help book. What's Oprah say? I don't care what Oprah says. What's Oprah doing? Don't know, don't care. She's not in my purview. If she was sitting in one of these chairs, I would care deeply. But she's not. Obedience will bring opposition. Just grit your teeth. Everybody grit your teeth right now. Grit them. Grit them hard. Because you're going to face opposition. Number two, obedience triggers God's kingdom of supernatural provision. Woo! Wait, wait a minute. My simple obedience triggers the riches of heaven. All God wants to do is pour out blessings. I'm telling you, heaven's surrounded. God's surrounded with blessings. He's got to get rid of them. He's got to have somebody receptive to receive them. How do you get them? You tithe. God says, trust me, prove me now in this, that I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you so great you won't have room to receive it. Let me tell you, when you start living that life, you're not worried about inflation. You're not worried. I don't give a rat's tail what the interest rates are. I don't care. Why? All my needs met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I live by faith and not by sight. I live by faith, not by how I feel. What's my faith in? God's promise, God's word. Man, when's the last time you opened up your Bible and said, hey, you better trust what the rates that the bankers are giving you. It doesn't say that. I've got dear friends that are bankers. Sandy and I ran into one in the, in the airport. He owns a bank here in town. His wife's in a wheelchair and he's pushing her up to the plane. I said, what can I do for you, brother? He said, where do I start? Man, the world's desperate. And we're going to let a little bit of opposition stop us? No, because why? Your obedience triggers God's supernatural abundance. Eye hasn't seen nor ear heard nor has entered in the heart of man the great things that God has for those who are simply obedient. I'm just telling you. I could go for days on the blessings that come into our life because of simple obedience. Do you understand? Obedience triggers God's blessing. God can't help it. God's not picking and choosing. God's no respecter of persons. Man, the, the, well, we're just waiting on the timing of God for this deal to come through. Hold it. God's a now God. Write that down. He's a now God. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Man, that's why the Bible, those guys that wrote wrote the New Testament, it was like, and suddenly came a rushing mighty wind. Why? Because they were in one accord. Do you understand? God's sitting in heaven going, come on, come on, come on. And he's got an itchy trigger finger. And guess what happened? Three days later, 120 men got in one accord. And what happened? A sonic boom hit that upper room. And they all began to pray in tongues, unknown tongues, cloven tongues of fire. Let me tell you, it was all triggered because they got into one accord. Man, see, why do we preach this? Why is the doctrine so plain and so simple and so direct here? There's no wiggle room. 
Because what's the, the objective is one accord. I know there's skeptics in here. I know some of you guys have been, man, the, the, the religion's been shoved down your throat. I get it. I just don't want to be a part of that. Man, I'm telling you, just simple obedience is going to trigger God's blessings throughout your life. Number three, obedience requires active faith or action. What James, the half-brother of Jesus, said was, you show me my, your faith by what you say. I'm going to show you my faith by what I do. Action. What's the tithe? It's, it's active faith. What, what are you serving in the church? It's active faith. You're not, now, let me tell you, the devil's going to try to talk you out of auditioning for the band here in this church. He's going to. Let me tell you, no one on this stage started the quality that they have right now. That's not where they started when they, when they stepped up to audition. None of them. Kate, Opetza, two of the best I've ever, I've ever been about. They didn't start that way. Let me tell you why. Where you are and who you're with. See, we get, all, we get all strung out about what we do. Well, what are you going to do? Well, what's God called you to? I'll tell you what God's called me to do. God's called me to build this church. So what does that mean? Monday through Saturday, we work tirelessly to fill the room. Well, what's the, object, what's the objective of Sunday? To get you to come back. Because let me tell you something, we get you to come back, you're going to start hearing the word. It's going to start stacking up in your life. Seeds are going to begin to be sown in your heart, and harvests are going to begin to come in. And guess what? Once in a while, you're going to need to be pruned. How does that happen? It doesn't happen with you sitting on your Barco lounger, flipping through your feed. I'll tell you how it happens. You sit intently, taking notes. Let me tell you, this is a pruning message today. Well, you know what? If man, you, you, you obey God's word, you're going to have opposition. Oh, I didn't hear any of you guys applauding. Oh, that's good. Keep preaching, cheer. Come on, brother. I didn't hear any of that. I thought, what? Wait, I thought that the, the wind would be at my back all the time. I don't remember a day when the wind was at my back. I'll tell you, I, I played on the Western U.S. rugby team, and there was a Welsh, short, tough son of a gun coach. It, I remember one game, it was like 98 degrees. It was in Houston. It was so hot. The field was so hard. The opposition was so difficult. And he kept up and goes, hey, sheer. That's my Welsh, Welsh accent. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> he said, the heat's going to win it for us today. I thought, okay, good. It's miserable, but good. A couple weeks later, we're in Minneapolis and it's pouring. He came up and said, Sheer, the rain's going to win it for us today. Okay, good. And you know what hit me? The other team, that rain is going to bother them. That heat was going to bother them. They live their lives by conditions. And you know what? That guy was talking me out of living my life that way. I'm trying to talk you out of living your life 
thinking God's arms are short and his strength has diminished. Neither of those have happened. Well, what about inflation? What about it? No, for real. Well, what about interest rates? <laughs> My God's a God of more than enough. The interest rate doesn't matter. And number four, obedience shifts everything in our lives. And, and let me just tell you, I, I, talked, to, I talked to a gentleman, I, I don't know him, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt he's a gentleman, in the lobby. He said, it's my first time here, I'm two months, I'm either two months or two years sober or something like that. I said, man, just keep winning, brother. But let me tell you what sobriety does. It shifts everything in your life. Doesn't it, Mark? Mark was allergic to liquor, weren't you? You'll say, how can somebody be allergic to liquor? It's because he said every time he drank, he broke out in handcuffs. <laughs> That's one of the best ones I've ever heard. Mark, you would stand and take a bow. Mark Jackson. <laughs> no, no, let me tell you something. Any of you guys that think you can't do it, come meet Mark Jackson. Come meet Andy Do. No, when Andy came to the church, what was he on a scale of 1 to 10? You're married to him and love him dearly. Pretty low. She, she didn't want to say zero or one, but she's, he's pretty low. But you understand, let me tell you, I don't know when that was, how long ago, but he came by my house and he did some work. He did, it went through the office, the work, and he dealt with an assistant, and he, he said, hey, can I just get your number? I said, no. He said, why, don't you trust me? I said, no. I trust him with everything in my life now. Why? Obedience is just stacked up in his life, and everything has shifted. My view of him has shifted. His, his role in this church has shifted. In the community, it's shifted. See, what, what this does, let me tell you what obedience does. And it's the title of the message. It gives you the upper hand. And let me tell you what I want. I want the upper hand. I'm not kidding you. I want the upper hand. It, it, obedience is easy. Your flesh just doesn't like it. The upper hand, the definition of it. And I, I um, you know, when you press that button on your phone and you say something, I said, uh, give me the definition of upper hand. And this is what came up on my phone. The position of having power or being in control of a situation. And I thought, I like that. How many of you guys right now, if I told you, you could walk in power and be in control of every situation in your life, how many of you guys would buy in? How many of you guys don't want control? I want to live out of control. I want to, I want to live. It's, it's like... I have, our, our, our senators, our U.S. senators from Oklahoma, our friends, our, our uh, Mark Wayne and his wife and family come to the church, and James is a friend, and we, we do things together, and he, he's spoken here a couple times, and James just said, listen, we've got to secure our border. You don't, people don't realize how difficult things are going to be, and why? Because it, we're losing control. 
It's, it's not about, see, life is about control. Christianity is about control. And listen, it's a dictatorship. The world's dictatorship is the dictator wants, wants, wants all your stuff, wants to control your life and, and take all your stuff. A kingdom dictator, who God is, is a benevolent dictator. He wants to give you his, all his stuff and give you control of your life. See, so we look at it, God's word, obedience, simple obedience gives us control in our life. You don't have to leave here today out of control. You don't have to leave here today being a punching bag of the devil. I'm just telling you, most people do. Most people, it's like, man, you get a, you get a fever, you get a cough, it's like I'm under attack. Let me just help you. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. If they touch any deadly thing, it won't harm them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That doesn't sound like somebody that has, has to be prone to being under attack. If I'm under attack, let me tell you something. I'm not the head and, and I'm the tail. I'm never above and I'm always beneath when I'm under attack. No, let me tell you what church is. Church isn't for you to get a handout. That's government welfare. The church here is to give you a hand up. Every time I speak at, at, at Friday groceries, every single time, I get up and say, it's not God's will for you to be broke. It's God's will for you to have more than enough. You don't have to be broke. And you know what I found? Most people work hard to be broke and be poor and be without. It's hard work. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to give us access to more than enough. How do we gain that access? We gain that access through simple obedience. Because let me tell you what obedience is. It's synonymous with boldness. I mean, I get up here, people say, man, you're, you're so bold. No, I'm just obedient. I'm going to preach the word in season and out of season. I'm not going to look at their faces. I'm not up here preaching and teaching. I'm up here holding court. I'm here letting you know, here's the dadgum truth. You don't have to live your life factually anymore. Well, what about the, well, the facts are, I don't care. You know why? They change all the time. Man, what's going to happen? Well, somebody's going to get elected. What's going to happen? Well, the facts are going to change. But guess what? The truth never changes. So you, you build your life politically. You build your life economically by the world's standards. Guess what? It's on sand. And let me tell you what's coming, a storm. You're either a storm's coming, you're in a storm, or a storm's leaving. That's our life. What determines how, what happens to you in this storm? What your life is built upon. The rock of Christ Jesus. Well, how can you know? You've got to study. You've got to get into God's word. You've got to know that you know that you know. Let me tell you something. You could put a gun to my head and tell me that God doesn't heal. And I'd say, that's a lie. Because it is. The truth is, God's the healer. The truth is, he sent his word. He healed us and delivered us of all our destructions. He withholds. You ready for this? He withholds no good thing to those who are simply obedient. This is how powerful obedience is. See, what's hard is some of you guys are 
middle-aged or even older. And oh, it's hard for a new dog, old dog to learn new tricks. You've got to. I'm telling you, you've got to learn. How do you learn? You be slow to speak and quick to hear and slow to wrath. Man, you listen up, you pay attention. See, the world says pay attention. I want to correct what I just said. The Bible says give attention. Give attention to your word. See, God's not going to demand you to live in prosperity. He's not going to demand you to have more than enough. Man, what happened? Man, Peter and John got thrown into prison. What the angel of the Lord say to them? The angel of the Lord said, let me tell you something. You go back to that temple and you preach this life. Think about it, man. We're preaching the life that God gives you. <clears throat> all the world has is death and corruption. And it's all rusting and the vermin are eating it at its core. But what do we have? The uncompromising word of faith. The incorruptible, listen to this, incorruptible seed. That's what's being sown in your life right now. It's a seed the world can't corrupt. It's a seed that will, listen, will give you great fruit. Man, Pastor Sandy and I have been Christians for years, for decades. Decades of the word being sown into our hearts and sown into our lives. What happens with that word? It grows, it springs forth, it starts producing fruit. Once in a while, we have to be pruned. Well, it's not fair. That's the devil, that's your flesh. I wanna be pruned, you wanna be pruned. It makes you stronger, it makes you able to produce more fruit, and guess what? It gives people around you room to grow. That's more important to me, and I think I could speak for Pastor Sandy as well, it's more important for you to be growing right now. Well, Pettis said, we're having auditions because we don't want to do any of this alone. Do you, know, do you understand how many services a week music is required? Do you understand that our junior kids department, because of the growth of the church, and families in the church need 65 people, more people today. So I guarantee you, some of you guys got speaking to you to get involved with kids, but then the devil's saying don't. There's no end in sight. You'll have to do it forever. I plan on that. People ask me, Sheer, what's next for you? Uh... Next Sunday, I live for this. I love what God's doing. I understand. Pastor Sandy understands we're held to a stricter standard. And I only say that because the standard you hold for us, hold for yourself. Because you're expecting obedience from us. I mean, there's sometimes I just want to be ornery. But I never want to be ornery and disobedient. Does that make sense? See, because our obedience brings a boldness to our lives. You hear me? We're guts. We don't just go to church. We're guts church. 
God says something. Well, God, what do you do? I pastor a church. Really? What kind of church? Yeah, a really good one. Strong church. What's it called, Guts? What do you mean? I've, I've, got, I've got people relatively intelligent ask me what Guts means. They'll say, Guts, what does that mean? I'm like, for real? You didn't go to recess where I went to recess in the 60s, evidently, if you don't know what Guts is. It's fortitude. It's courage. How many of you guys are believing God for fortitude in your life? How many of you guys are believing God for courage in your life? Well, let me tell you, obedience is going to bring that to you. Obedience is going to bring a toughness like the world can't. They don't get it. What did, what did, the, what did the, the chief priest of the temple, the Sadducees, what did they do when Peter and John left that prison and went out back to the temple and started preaching the life of God? Guess what they did? Nothing. You know why? Because the people were so enamored with them, and they didn't want to go against the popularity of the people. Well, let me tell you, that same evidence is true in our life. See, I want you to know this is guts. One fight, we all fight. How did Mark, how did Andy, how how, do you make it? Because you got got an army of people around you fighting for you. Listen, we'll give you a hand up. People, people here don't come and they say, they don't come and say, hey, can you help me with my electric bill? Can you understand? That's poverty. Well, they're going to turn my electricity off tomorrow. Do you understand? You got five notices. And if you're flipping through TikTok or you're watching Love Boat reruns, you might as well get your electricity turned off. I'm just telling you, this is real. We live in a real time to be the church, to be the men and women God's called us to be. God's called us to build a 100-year church as an army of believers. What's going to get you to cower? What's going to get you to flinch? What's going to get you to blink? When you get to nothing, Will, that's when you start making a difference. I'm done. God's good, isn't he? I'm glad you guys came today. I hope it was worth your time. But listen, leave here with a takeaway. Please, don't be a forgetful hearer. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, because you'll forget it. And listen, this doesn't take life until you begin to walk and run. And listen to what your obedience is going to bring to you. You'll walk and not go where you're running that faint. You'll mount up with wings as eagles. Your life will begin to soar. Why? You just have to be obedient to that. And you'll think, well, that's an interesting concept. No, it's my life. I don't expect normal. I don't expect average. I don't expect, well, you win a few and you lose a few. I had a football coach in high school say, well, sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you. And I'm thinking, what? (laughs) No, I want to walk and run and mount up and soar in life. Be a part of the prison team. Well, no one asked me. I'm asking you, please be a part of the prison team. I'm asking you, please be a part of our junior kids team. I got grandbabies in there. 
man, I took, I took uh, gold and I said, can I take you to church, to your class? She said, yes. That's how she says it. Her S's go through her molars. She said, yes. I said, come on, let's go. She took off running. I'm running with her, <laughs> trying to keep up. I got her hand. We go down the stairs. We go around the corner. Charleston meets her, another grandbaby. I don't know why Charleston's in junior kids. She's checking kids in. I said, Charleston, can you check Golden in? She said, I sure can. Took Golden's hand, took her in. I'm like, this place is amazing. But it's that easy. Figure it out. Here, here's how I, I'm going to teach you how to walk. You guys ready? Oh, wait a minute. I got a little momentum. Oh, wait a second. I kind of trust my steps now. That's how it works. Active faith, action. Four points. There will be opposition. Grit your teeth. It will bring a destiny filled with blessings from God. It'll trigger that. Number three is it'll, uh, it'll require action. And number four, it's going to shift everything in your life. And when God begins to shift you, that shift is there for a lift. Okay? That's all I got. If you're here and your life's not right with God for whatever reason. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I, I'm just asking you to give God a fighting chance in your life today, will you? The Bible says we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. And that salvation, God will rescue you. He'll restore you. He'll make you whole with nothing missing and nothing broken. But you got to say it. This faith is verbal. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to repeat this with me. Father God, I give you my life. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and whom I trust. All of my trust, God, I give to you right here and right now. God, I thank you for the work you're doing in my life. The word that's been sown in my heart that will produce some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you. My life is about to soar because I'm going to walk, I'm going to run, and I'm going to mount up with wings as eagles. God, I thank you. I'm going to heaven because Jesus is Lord of my life. And I can call heaven on earth right here and right now because that dominion is occupying my life. And God, I thank you. I'll never smell the scent of hell. Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.